0: The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 449. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Brian McClanahan Show. i that be back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B R I O N. McClanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same taught read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to McClanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History, when you do enroll, and you get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. You can also go to brianmcclanahan.com, click on that Support tab. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep the lights on, help keep the podcast going. Get a book plate, my autograph of one of my seven books. I've got a new book coming out within a couple of weeks. You want to be on the lookout for that. You can also click on that Shop tab, get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Lots of great ways to support the show. Of course, one of the best ways is to share it around on social media, rate it wherever you get your podcasts, let people know you're listening to this podcast. I see that, right? People to put on... There's a thread, you know, what podcast do you listen to? I'll see it on Twitter on Facebook or somewhere like that. And they put the show in there. And I appreciate every time you do that, that does increase the listenership. It gets more people interested in the show. So every time you do that, we grow the audience. And that's what we need to do. We need to get people thinking locally and acting locally. All right. Let's talk about the topic of the day. And this is another listener-generated episode because I've got a, I've got a few people send me this particular article. It's something, look, if you also if you follow me, you know that I do a once-a-week podcast at org, And so if you want to get thing, my perspective on all things Southern, because that's what I do there, it's a different kind of podcast. You can have me doing a podcast five days a week. I do this show four days a week, that one on a fifth day. So you can have five podcasts a week from from Brian McClanahan, just one is for the Abbeville Institute. But this is something we've talked about over there quite a bit. We don't have at the Institute any articles on this coming up anytime soon. Though we just had a, one a couple of weeks ago by uh, Jack Marcourt, Angers Away, which was really good about the renaming of American military uh, naval vessels, right? So, And there's one that's on the chopping block. Uh, really ridiculous. Some of this stuff is just so stupid. But I want to get into this piece because it has to do with the renaming commission, which has now come out. There's an article about it in the Hill about all the different things are going to change. You see... One thing that Trump did do as President, he vetoed this defense bill, which would have which did create renaming all these Confederate military bases. This is what I've said. The culture war is not being opposed by the Republicans. They don't really oppose it at all. because you see, they're under the influence of people like Alan Gelzo and Victor Davis Hansen and some of these others. Alan Gelzo, who I've talked about in his stupid five-point checklist for renaming something, as taking down a statue, whatever it is actually factors into taking down Confederate monuments because, you see, Gelzo was against all of them. Gelzo had a piece out of the Gospel Coalition, which the Abbeville Institute responded to this week. Ridiculous piece, and I'm not going to do it because I think, and I'll, I'll talk about it at the Abbeville Institute podcast this week, so you can get that there. I'm not going to do it on this podcast. But you've got Gelzo, who is a conservative, quote-unquote, professor at Princeton running around saying, Confederate monuments should come down. We should bury the lost cause. And tomorrow's episode is going to talk about the myth-making that Americans love. And Gelzo is a myth-maker. He's a myth-maker. And he does it in that piece. But myth-making is important to Americans. And this factors into it. So I'm going to wrap up the week after I talk about some specific here and what's going on. And then look at the origins of this in American thought and identity in the last piece of the week, last podcast of the week. This is about renaming bases and streets and ships and all kinds of things that have any attachment to the Confederacy. Why? Because they can. Not because it's gonna, it lowers morale or does anything. There's been no evidence, no evidence, that any of these ships or bases or names has done anything to lower morale or the fighting spirit or anything in the American military. In fact, I could almost guarantee you that most of the people that are stationed at these bases know nothing about it and don't care. One thing that's curious, Fort Benning, Georgia, which is right near where I live, Fort Benning, Georgia, named after Henry L. Benning, who was uh, one of the most ardent secessionists from Columbus, Georgia, which is where the base is located. He was a general, General Benning. That's why they picked his name. He's from Columbus. The base is in Columbus, Georgia. You pick somebody that represents, you know, high level of uh, success for a military figure in that area, and so it was named Fort Benning. There were some other names for it, but uh, even you know, you know, Benning was a logical choice—not to thumb its nose at anybody, but because that's who the people of Columbus at the time thought. It, would be a good choice for a name. And you saw this in the South, right? I mean, look, these bases that are put in the South, they're being put in areas, and the local people get to decide what name went on the base, and they pick people that were important in that state or that region for whatever reason to name these bases after. I mean, it makes sense. They're not going to pick some New Englander to name a base after. This is exactly what we're going to get. I mean, that's the that's the problem with this. right? And it didn't mean that... People didn't, ah, you know, they kind of rolled their eyes at it at times from the north or wherever. They didn't like this. But it used to be when you went in the Infantry Museum at Fort Benning, Georgia, they, they had an old museum there. It was, in a, it was in the old hospital. And it had this part, you walk down the stairway, and there was a huge portrait of Henry Benning in the stairway. Beautiful painting. Well, they moved the museum to another part of the base, and they built this big multi-million dollar building. That portrait is gone. There's a little picture of it. One little part of the museum now that talks about Fort Benning. They talk about the plantation that used to be there and some of those things. But a very little section of this. Talk about a little bit of Columbus history. But that portrait of Henry Louis Benning is gone. Now, if you go to Linwood Cemetery in Columbus, you're going to see his tomb there. And uh, this is the original rock because that's a, that's what his nickname was, The Rock. right? So, I mean, Benning was The Rock. So you've got these bases named and ships. I mean, we went out and picked people that would represent a broad swath of the American experience. And you saw ships and other things, bases. I mean, as these things were being named, of course, there wasn't much of an interest at that time in uh, certain parts of the population that were underrepresented. We can use that term. People were underrepresented. There's no doubt about it. Contributions that people made to American history, other things. They were underrepresented in how things were named, or but the what we should be doing is adding to our names of things, not taking things away and naming it something else. This is what Gelzo wants to do. It's what most people on the left want to do, and Gelzo is on the left, really. So is Ty Sigely. He's part of this commission. He's on the left. Even though conservatives, quote unquote, like to run around with Ty Sigely, he re- he he recognizes he's not a conservative. But this is how stupid conservatives are. Hey, let's do a video on the war. And who are we going to get? This lefty, Ty Sigerley, to go do it. Can you get any more idiotic? So, let's read this piece. It's in the Hill. And get into what's happening here. But, commission chair, hundreds of military assets could have Confederate names removed. Hundreds. Now, the one thing this gets gets to. And I'll mention this at Fort Benning because you've got the, they call it the last hundred yards in their, military, in their infantry museum. It's a neat museum if you go. A lot of stuff there. I don't like all the multimedia things. I think they take away from things when they do that, but uh, it's a multi-million dollar building. You don't. It's free of charge to get in when they actually open it back up because of COVID. I don't know how, when that's going to happen. I think it's going to happen pretty soon. Um, if you're ever in Columbus, Georgia, it's well worth your time to go see it. And they're actually building I still believe they're building the armor museum there because they moved it from Fort Knox to Columbus. So uh, you're going to see that too. You're going to have this little museum complex there. It's going to be interesting. But they have something called the Last Hundred Yards. And of course, in that, you've got Hamilton there, you know, taking uh, his position in the American Battle of Yorktown. And, but then you go on, the next is the good guys are the Union and the bad guys are the Confederates. and. This is important for myth-making. You've got to have a good guy and bad guy. In this particular case, you've got these bases being named after bad guys. And these names, all this confederates, these are all the bad guys. This is the good guy, bad guy myth in America. The number of U.S. military assets that may need to be renamed may need to be renamed. They don't need to be. They just want to do it. There's no need for it. What's the need? Can anyone really identify the need? We operated for with Fort Benning, for example, as a major military installation since World War II. Has it done anything to the United States? Has it hurt anybody to have it named Fort Benning? How about the USS RE League? Did that really hurt anybody? Or the USS Mari, which is still out sailing around. Is it hurting anybody? I mean are the people are they are they lining up at the ship and saying we're not gonna we're not gonna get on board until you changed its name. It's hurting us as we're on deck right now. It's so terrible. Can you imagine I mean how weak the military is for any of this? Stupid. They don't need to be changed at all. It's they want to change them. Need is not a word we should be using here. This is Rebecca Keel is writing this. May need to be changed as part of an effort to scrub Confederate names. Why are we going to scrub it? Why scrub it at all? It doesn't need to be scrubbed. Washing away the bad of America. Well, I mean, Confederate soldiers or Confederate leaders, or Southerners in general, were a pretty important part of the American military tradition. I mean, just saying, right? So, uh, you know, when you had Nathan Bedford Forrest, one of his descendants, of course, a high-ranking general officer in the United States military during World War II, blown up in midair at one point. I mean, that's pretty important. Um. You know, you, you have that. So you know, Simon Bolivar Buckner, who was a Confederate general, his one of his descendants, his son, in fact, highest ranking general officer killed in combat, I believe. Uh, in and, uh, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast, killed in combat on the front lines in the Pacific. He's pretty important. I think he would like to have, you know, Confederate military names on American bases. I think, you know, that guy would have Thought that was okay. These were Americans, after all. I think once we get down to looking at buildings and street names, this potentially could run to the hundreds. So not just bases. Not just bases. We're going to talk about buildings and street names. Because that street, R.E. Lee Boulevard, boy, that just hurts people. Stonewall Jackson Boulevard, that really hurts people. I mean that that just that just makes it to where these soldiers can't function. Horrible. Retired Admiral, I'm sorry, Michelle Howard, told reporters on a conference call. Michelle Howard, the retired admiral, who is now leading this thing up, with Ty Sigely, the woke general uh, of uh, of Ari Lee and Me fame, who his book is a just a stupid polemic. I mean, it's ridiculous. Howard, a former vice chief of naval operations and the first African-American woman to command a U.S. Navy ship, is the chairwoman of the Commission on the Naming of Items of the Department of Defense that commemorates the Confederate States of America, or any person who served voluntarily with the Confederate States of America, also known as the Naming Commission. I mean, this thing was set up by the Congress, By the Congress. So there's people that... we got to vote in more Republicans to help save our culture. Yep. The same Republicans that voted for this stupidity. Because Trump vetoed it. And the Republicans helped override the veto. You really can't make up the type of Stockholm Syndrome that conservatives have with the Republican Party. Republicans have never really been conservative. At all. Ever. And yet... Conservatives, are, oh, we've got to vote Republican. We don't vote Republican. We Democrats are going to run us over. like the Republicans run you over. It happens all the time. But oh no, we got we got Trump. Now of course, we know, look, Trump was railroaded all the time. By the left, I mean this new thing about uh, Fauci coming out and saying, "Well, you know, really got to investigate whether this this virus, COVID, really did come from uh, animal to human transmission, or maybe it was created in a lab." Oh my gosh! Trump said this, and no, 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 we're gonna, no, that's not a complete lie. It's a conspiracy theory, conspiracy. When the left says it, it's oh well, we this is curious. Hmm, we have to look into this. No, no, no. no. Right says so, no, no, no. This is see. Trump actually one of the great. He did veto this. The commission was created in last year's defense policy bill over the veto from then of then President Trump. One thing is if the Republicans really they could run around saying, hey, I get back in, I'm going to present a bill to overturn this thing. We're going to leave Confederate names where they are. We're going to do it. We're going to, I mean, if, if, for no other reason than to stick it back to the left. For no other reason. So let them get angry. The panel has eight members, four appointed by the Pentagon and four by the Democratic and Republican leaders of the House and arms, Senate Armed Services Committees. Howard's vice chairman of the commission is retired Army Brigadier General Ty Sigley, Professor Emeritus of History at West Point. Now he's teaching somewhere else. I think it's a little college somewhere. I can't remember. Hamilton College, I think it is. He was promoted Brigadier General at the end of his career. He was Colonel Sigley most of his career. He has a Ph.D. from Ohio State. His book is garbage, but hey... He's on the commission. Trump argued the effort was among politically motivated attempts to wash away history. True. But lawmakers in both parties held that it's far past time for the military to remove names honoring traitors who fought against the United States. Traitors! So this is this term, traitors. This is what it comes down to. These are traitors. Robert E. Lee is a traitor. Stonewall Jackson is a traitor. Traitor to what? So I've done this many times, and I'm going to address it here again. We're going to talk about treason. What are we we looking at here? Treason. How do we define treason in the Constitution? It's waging war against them, the the states themselves, and it has to be supported by two witnesses saying that you committed the act, giving aid and comfort. You have to have two witnesses saying the same thing. Well, why was it that no one, no high-ranking member of the Confederacy, was ever convicted of treason? We know that some were put on trial in states, this started happening. We saw some Confederates put on trial. But even there, what happened? What happened? Nothing. Nothing. And there were certainly people in the United States who were not happy about this. These people are traitors. So see, what's happening now in America is we're getting a, a another round of Reconstruction, Radical Reconstruction. This is what's happening. This is what's going on. We're getting a third round of it in America today with the current crop of people whether they're conservatives these are the these are the lincolnites gelzo and hansen and these people and they're aligned with the left the radical republicans the 1619 people this is why i've said the 1776 commission and the 1619 people are the same thing they're aligned in that they have a certain narrative of history a good guy bad guy myth that they both believe in the good guys are the guys wearing the blue to an extent For the 1619 Project, it's only some people. The the conservatives are a little more broad in who they'll pick. But they both believe that. Anyone who has the gray, anyone who's from the South, anyone who has any kind of negative thing, you can't have those people. Now, the right-wing progressives here will make exceptions for people like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and James Madison, the founding generation. They'll make exceptions for the see so you can't really say these people were bad because we wouldn't be here without them. And yeah, they owned slaves and yeah, they said some racist things. And yeah, but they were really committed to equality. They were they were committed to anti slavery. They were. They just wrestled with it. They didn't know what to do about it, so they just Hey, we should we should still admire them because we're not here without them. So yeah. But but in the other way, then you have the people like Michael Anton saying, these people weren't racist at all. They were all anti-slavery, all anti-race, all anti racist This is what they were. Of course, you know the it's not true. So they're, they're the birds of the feather, right? They're the same thing. And Galzo Simply, I mean, look, if they represent tra- traitors in any way, treason, they got to go down. This is every Confederate statue should be eliminated. All eliminated. And then yeah, the question that should be presented to Alan Gelzo is this okay, we take down all the Confederate monuments. And now you have your five part thing. So now you're going to say, well, we stop there. Will the left stop there? Will that actually happen? Or will the left keep going and then, okay. Well, did George Washington not represent treason? He represented treason to the British. He's a traitor. Should he not come down? He also said some pretty I mean, things. that tried to get slaves back. And George, Thomas Jefferson said some racist things. We've got to take him down, too. Where do you stop? Trump actually asked us, well, where do you stop? You like Jefferson, you like Washington, and they were slave owners. Where do you stop? They're not going to stop. Gelso is too short-sighted. He's a moron. He's too short-sighted to see the problems that you're going to run into with all of this stuff. All these conservatives, quote-unquote, should be coming out and saying, no, every Confederate name stays. Every Confederate name stays. You don't get rid of any of them. You don't do it at all. No, shut up. That should be the response. We're not going to do that. During debate on the bill, focus largely fell on 10 army bases named after Confederate leaders. But the legislation requires renaming any base, insulation, street, building, facility, aircraft, ship, plane, weapon, equipment, or any other property owned or controlled by the Department of Defense. So are we going to rename the Tomahawk Missile? Right, The Apache Helicopter? We're going to rename these things because that's cultural appropriation. The Apaches certainly engaged in some pretty horrible forms of warfare. I mean, what about the people that were slaughtered by them? Are we going to take away the Apache helicopter? The Tomahawk missile? Tomahawks killed a lot of Americans. Are we going to take that away? Those people were, quote-unquote, enemies of the United States at times, yet we're okay with that. I mean, look, the United States was at war with, these, with many of these Indian tribes. So they're fighting the United States. So should we change all of that stuff, too? Can't have any of those things at all. You can't have that stuff because they were fighting against the United States. In her update on the commission's efforts Friday, Howard said its initial focus would be on nine bases owned by the Department of Defense named after Confederate leaders Forts Lee, Hood, Benning, Benning, I'm sorry, Gordon, Bragg, Polk, Pickett, AP Hill, and Rucker. One thing I found interesting one representative proposed renaming Fort Bragg Fort Bragg after Bragg's Union. General Brother. So just keep the name. The 10th Base, named after a Confederate military officer, Camp Beauregard, does not fall within the Commission's authority because it is owned by the Louisiana National Guard, Howard said. But she added the Commission has, quote, started to coordinate with the National Guard just to get an understanding. An understanding, right? In other words, you're going to change this name, right? Wink, wink. You're going to do it, right? Because if you don't, we'll do something to you. Over the summer and fall, commissioners will visit the nine installations with Confederate names, as well as Fort Belvoir in Virginia. Belvoir was originally named after a Union General, but as his name changed in the 1930s to that of the plantation that originally sat on the site. So Howard said the commission wants to, quote, dig more deeply into the historical context and understand the shift understand we're going to seek to understand when you see when you see that no they're not they're not seeking to understand anything. they're seeking to figure out where are they going to get their their angle to take the thing down. The Navy meanwhile has identified at least one ship so far to look at for renaming. Howard said the USNS Mari, an oceanographic ship, Named after a commander who resigned from the U.S. Navy to sail for the Confederacy. This is the man who was universally recognized as the father of American oceanography. <laughs> so you're going to name an oceanogran- oceanographic uh, sorry survey ship. You're going to rename it from the guy that's the father of American oceanography because he did favor the Confederacy. Spent most of his time in Europe, in fact, but favored the Confederacy. Well, I mean, how stupid can you get? But that's where we are. The number of Navy ships identified for the remaining effort is expected to grow, with Howard suggesting the USS Antietam guided missile cruiser as a possibility. The Battle of Antietam is considered a strategic victory for the Union in the Civil War, but a tactical stalemate. So she says it depends on whether or not you see Antietam as a Union victory. So that needs more exploration behind what the ship was named. We'll work with, for any of these where there's battles, the intention at the time of naming and what the purpose and thought process was, the historical context behind the naming. So because Antietam, which is in fact the Union name for the battle, the Union name of Antietam, the bloodiest single day of the war, But I mean, hey, they could have been there could have been a racist motivation here because you know the Confederacy uh, did did okay in this battle. Stalemate. So maybe it's named after some think about the Confederacy. <gasps> the commission has so far met 5 times on a biweekly basis since being sworn in March pace, Howard said, is likely to continue. In addition to the base visits, Howard said the commission will soon visit the U.S. Military Academy at West Point and later the U.S. Naval Academy. Well, what are they going to try to take down there? Well, we know Siderley is all over trying to take things down at at West Point. One of the issues opponents of renaming the military bases has raised are local attachments to the existing names, arguing the communities are not being given a say. Howard said commissioners will work with an installation leadership to identify local stakeholders to get their input. One of the reasons we need to We know we need to visit the installations in person Is we need an opportunity to meet with local civic leaders as well as, for example, have discussions with the elected leaders, she said. We'll be able to reach out to elected leaders, for example, the local district congressmen. They can help us identify community leaders that we need to speak to so we can account for their perspectives as we go forward and develop the process for new names. So what we need to do is pick out these lefties that we're going to go talk to that are going to say, yeah, yeah, we need to rename the thing because nobody cares about it around here, and we're going to go with that. Now, on one hand, I mean, I've said this before. These, a lot of these people, look, the United States doesn't deserve them anymore. I mean, so name them whatever. The U.S. military is, is doesn't even represent uh, the the same type of character that a lot of these people had, Um, certainly. And the, I mean, so why even keep the names? Maybe they don't, I mean, it shouldn't even matter. And would these people even want their names on these bases anyways? I don't know. I mean, probably not. Who knows? But, of course, all of these names were chosen by the local communities. And these local communities at the time when the bases were there chose bases based on people that were important in that state or that region and in the South, you're going to get Confederates because, well, that's who was there. Now, we could say, well, maybe pick a, a uh, an American War for Independence individual to, to fit on these. Because, you know, Southern leaders at the time, we should pick people like that. And we know, I mean, you know, Fort Sumter well, was named after the fighting gang cock, Thomas Sumter. I mean, maybe we need Fort Pickens. I mean, these, these were names. This is the thing. Those people were slave owners, too. So... Obviously, picking a name for someone who's from an area was always an important thing, and that's what we should be considering. And of course, at the time, these are the people they were going to pick from. They were going to choose from Confederates because this is the last major war we saw with a lot of these people in that time period. So this is important, right? But we're looking at, uh, Trump correctly vetoed this bill. But Republicans, my point in all this is Republicans are as much involved in this cultural cleansing in America, and this is what it is. It's scrubbing, it's cleansing, same term. Cultural cleansing is the Democrats. They're involved in it. In fact, Mike Rogers, the representative from Alabama, who's on the committee, was very much behind this. From Alabama, very much behind this. Well, we need to get rid of these names. They're bad names. Ridiculous he's doing it for hopefully scoring political points. I'm going to tell you Republicans, if you listen to this Republicans, Democrats won't care. They don't care that you voted to get rid of some Confederate names. It's not going to matter to them. They don't care because you're still the enemy. It doesn't matter at Gelzo if you think that all Confederate names should come down they're gonna they're gonna mark they would march you off anyways, just like anybody else who supports them. You can oh, but I was I was for you, I was uh, trying to help you you're still going to get marched off to the re-education camp just like everybody else. If that, if they had their way, you would you would go too. So why even support any of it? Why even give them an opportunity to do any of it? Why even support something like the stupid 1776 project which is based on lies, a, a myth of American history, which I'm going to get into in the next particular episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. But that said, let me just stop there then because I don't want to steal all my thunder for that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Brian McClanahan Show. I'll see you next time for the next one. See you then.